Hi, good evening, everybody, and welcome to uh, Preparing for Pesach, Part 2. So, um, just as part of the uh, part of the tease over here is that there is hopefully, we are hopefully going to get to um, all of the uh, special uh, halachos and uh, just um, the, the, the various ins and outs of when Erev Pesach falls on Shabbos, I have I, I cannot uh, absolutely guarantee it's going to happen uh, that, that we're going to be able to finish it tonight or get to it tonight, but we will uh, chug along and do our best, and uh, worse comes to worse, uh, maybe we'll have to have uh, another shear next week. Okay, so we left off in the middle of the kitchen, and from what I can uh, remember... So we had discussed the the refrigerator, uh, the freezer, and the oven. We discussed the interior and the the interior of the oven. We discussed the stovetop and the the different variations um, of those of those uh, of, of those appliances. Okay, I want to talk for a moment about hagala. Hagala is uh, the process with which. We we kosher things in order to to well it could be to make something kosher, but in order to make a kosher le pesach. So there are some people who like to kosher. It could be silverware, uh, it could be uh, the becher, it could be the kiddush cup. That is something that some people do. So just to um, have a um, uh, uh, a a quick uh, description of of how it's done is that one. One takes a so the 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 best the minhag the way to do it is to use a pesach dikapat and um, and in the event that one does not have a pesach dikapat you can take a chametz dikapat and kasher it for pesach the way to do that would be to fill it up all the way to the absolute top with water to get the water to come to a roll or a rolling bubble a rolling boil. That it's really, really, um, almost like violently, um, you know, uh, 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 boiling, and then to have some kind of uh, of of hot other thing. So you could use, uh, you could have a brick um, that you take and that you um, obviously you got to figure out how to handle these things. But you can have some kind of uh, other hot uh, item that you uh, heat up on a different burner, and you you dunk it into the pot. It's going to splash over the sides, and in doing so, you will have kashered your uh, chametz dikapat. It may be simpler to just take the Pesach dikapat out of the, um, out of, out of the cabinet. Um, so then what you do is, you whatever it is that you'd like to kasher, you clean it very well, and you wait 24 hours afterwards, and then one has to submerge those things that one wants to kasher in the boiling water for approximately 15 seconds. A very important thing to note is that when one is doing this, um, the, when, it, when one is doing Hagala, um, uh, one, has to, um, one has to be very careful to um, uh, make sure that you don't put everything in at the same time. Uh, make sure that you are not going and um, dunking uh, you know, if you're doing a whole set of silverware, don't put it all in at the same time. They have to go in one at a time. Everything has to be kashered separately. Uh, you could drop them in one at a time. But basically, you have to be careful. The, the thing to really be careful about is that you need to put them in when the water is boiling. And if you put a bunch of cold silverware into a, into a, a boiling pot, it's going to cool it off. And you can't be having that. So you got to keep the, 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 the water boiling and drop them in one at a time. And uh, try to leave them in there for about 15 seconds. If you use tongs to, to dunk something in, so then maybe have two tongs and then hold it with one side and then clamp it on the other side, let go of this side. It doesn't, it's not like being in the mikvah where it all has to be in and submerged at the same time. But every part of it has to be exposed to, uh, to, to the boiling water. Um, that is the thing to do. Somebody um, astutely asked, um, uh, you have to be careful about making sure that the Pesach pot is not on the Chomet's burner. 
Uh, yes, that's true, but it's really, it's quite simple to cache a burner. Um, just quickly doing the, uh, you know, d just, you, you really only need to cache the part of the burner that the pot is going to be on. So a quick black method on that would, would get the job done, and then um, you could be able to utilize that burner uh, for, your, for your Pesach Tikapat. Um, so the, now the, 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 so if you're using a Pesach Tikapat, so then you just take a Pesach Tikapat, you kasher everything in it, and the minog is that after you're done kashering things in the pot, you then boil what, then you, you dump everything out, you dump out the pot, um, you should rinse everything with cold water afterwards. One of the, if, if one really wants to do silverware, and again, it's like, um, you really have to think about for yourself, is the effort for this really uh, worthwhile if one is going to do silverware? But like um, one of the eights is given is to loosely tie um, each piece of silverware in a string and then you have like a long string and then you just slowly, you know, lower one by one by one in and then you could just pull out, pull them all out. Um, and then you rinse them with cold water. The pot afterwards, if you used a Pesach take a pot, needs to be recashered. You need to uh, boil water in it and get the water to... Um, slash out, slosh out to the outside while it's boiling in order to uh, to, to fully kosher that pot. That is the basic um, uh, uh, framework. Um, if if you're using a chametz sticker pot, so then the way to kosher it would be to make sure it's clean. You know, make sure you haven't used it for 24 hours, and then do the koshering um, of that pot. Uh, so again, hagala on silverware. Some people do it. I'm not exactly sure what the, um, personally, what the great uh, motivation would be to invest in some, um, whatever they call it, silverware, flatware, for Pesach, would seem to, to make sense. It, is, it's, it would seem to be quite a time-consuming uh, type of process to do. For a Becher, for a Kiddush cup, so then that already, you know, that could make a little bit of sense, and, and that is the, the methodology for how to do it. Okay. Um... Now let's move on to sinks, and that's basically where we were up to um, last night. Okay, sinks. If a sink, if your sink is made of metal, then uh, good for you because you will have the opportunity to kosher it. If your sink is not made of metal, stay tuned. Uh, there's going to be a whole different process that one is going to have to use in order to utilize, in order to use the sink over Pesach. So, the, the way it goes is like this. Okay, so let's talk about, we're going to talk about um, uh, a, a Pesach, I'm sorry, a metal sink. A metal sink, kashering it for Pesach. goes like this. Clean it very thoroughly. Very thoroughly. So, there's always this question of, wait a second, what if I have residue on it? What if there is, um, you know, the, the lime, that, that stuff? If you would like to have the area under the lime kashered, the lime needs to be removed. So what I mean is like this, is if in the bottom of your sink, if the interior of your sink has lime, so then, you know, there are some there are some uh, ways to do it with like lemons and uh, baking soda maybe um, that may or may not be effective uh, for you. Um, there are other things that one can use that are more, I forgot what it's called, I probably there's probably something called lime away or something like that, but there there's there's some kind of uh, you know chemicalish CLR thing that is um, CLR right okay that is that can be used to remove lime. So you remove the lime from the inside of the sink. You you want to get all that stuff off. There are times when metal will just be discolored, uh, worn out is a very easy way to tell. You just run your finger over it. If you feel it, if it feels like something's sticking out, then you got to get rid of it. If it's just a stain, so then it's just a stain and you can forget about it. Even metal can get, I think, discolored and stained. If you have some kind of lime deposit on the back of the faucet or something like that, Rather than, again, if you want to go and get the CLR and use some elbow grease and, and, and go get rid of it, more power to you. Go for it. If you say to yourself, I, you know, like, I'm not, I don't care about that area, then that is a very, very reasonable thing to say. What you can do is you can put a piece of tape over it, 
and not have to think about it. You can um, not kosher that specific drop of an area and just make sure that nothing hits it. So just putting um, some kind of, uh, of, of duct tape or something like that on top of the lime, it'll just make it that, that nothing hot will directly touch that part of the sink and you're good. So it's, it's not something that's really a viable option for the, the actual interior of your sink where you're putting your dishes and where, you're, and, and where food may drop and where things may happen. But certainly for like the edges, for, for, for the outer edges or behind the faucet, places like that, uh, you could save yourself a lot of time or a little time by just covering it and, and avoiding that area. So, back to the interior of the sink. Clean it very well. Um, put some uh, heavy-duty cleaner down the drain. And again, like, you know, Drano, ammonia, that kind of thing. Put it down the drain. The reason being that um, apparently uh, pipes are aware of Pesach and they seem to uh, want to uh, give us their regards over Pesach for some reason. And um, so, so therefore, they, they uh, I don't know, people just seem to have clogged sinks um, and pipes and stuff like that, that, that always seems to, uh, you know, Murphy's Law of Pesach seems to always bring that about. So in, in the event that somebody has a backup, in ca- if there is chametz inside the sink, you wouldn't want that to back up all over your dishes. So by throwing some Drano, ammonia, anything like that, um, again, something caustic down the sink, you are basically uh, rendering any types of chametz that may be in there, um, that the... Um, uh, the, 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 maybe rendering any types of chametz that may be in there, um, t- uh, you know, uh, it, it, no good. Um, uh, it, it's a, it, it is a point that apparently needs to be made because apparently about a year ago, I think people were making this mistake. Don't drink um, Drano or or any kind of hand sanitizer or things like that. It's not, uh, even though our intestines may sometimes feel like um, it can use it. Um, anyway. So, um, that's just commenting on somebody's comment over here. Okay, so then one does not use hot water uh, for 24 hours. So after cleaning it, so then you leave the, you leave the sink untouched. Um, and again, if somebody makes a mistake and they by mistake use hot water uh, to wash their hands, usually not a big deal. The, the main key is don't use hot water with chametz for 24 hours. And then we have to kosher the interior of our sinks. And the way to do it is to pour hot water over every square, whatever, inch, centimeter, millimeter of the sink. And this is something that is a bit challenging. Uh, if, you, if you use a kettle, it's going to be you know hard and arduous because what we're really trying to go for is having a direct hit from the pour onto the surface. And this is where we always talk about, over the last few years, uh, the handy-dandy square pot in which a person has, one has a a pot that is square, and and by having that, one is able to then kosher a wider uh, area of the sink and of the sink's walls. And um, because of the video from last year, I... Um, I still have the video. Hang on one second. So if anybody is, is on the, um, the video part of Zoom, I'm just going to play three short clips um, of this. Hang on. Uh, oh, nope. One second. Um, let's see. Okay, one second. That's not working. Hang on one second. Let me try that again. Um, so I... Alright, I'm not sure why it is not working right now. Um... The sink ushering videos are on the show website. Okay, so um, that's good to know. So um, I, I, for some reason, I'm having some technical difficulties over here, and none of these things um, wants to 
any of these things want to play for me. Um, hang on one second. Let me see if I can fix this up. Okay, see, I prepared too early. I know it's not working. Okay, so I'm gonna give up on that for the second for the time being, and hopefully, um, I'll get that to work in a second. So, um, and so, so the basic idea is that what 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 the goal, um, the goal is to have the 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 make sure that the water is going to hit every single um, uh, part of the sink, and by using something that has a wider, by using something that has a wider, um, uh, like a square pot, so do I even have it with me over here? No, I don't. But by using a, a wider thing, so then you're creating a an avalanche of water that's that wide, that's going to be able to hit the wall, and then come down and, uh, and, 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 uh, and, and around, and be able to um, hit all of one's sink. So that's, that's kind of... Um, so the 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 um, now the water that we're talking about the 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 hot water that we're talking about is that so I'm just gonna talk out the process. The process is that you have the um, you 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 have the um, you you have the hot water boiling on a on a stovetop. It has to come to an absolute full fledged boil. When it gets to that boil. Then one is able to take, pick up the pot, and again, you have to be very careful when you do this, obviously. You pick up the pot and make sure that you are able to pour it, pour that hot water on every, um, on every drop of the sink. It, it will often, it, it should take a number of pours in order to make that work. It's not something that's going to uh, be able to be done like, you know, just one or two pots um, of water. It is something that is a little bit time-consuming. Uh, also, be very, very, very careful when you're doing such a thing. It's very important that, uh, you know, that, that you not obviously burn yourself when, when doing something like this because you're dealing with really, really hot water. But, but that is the, um, that, that's the basic um, picture of, of what we're trying to uh, accomplish. So the hot water um, is, is, uh, is, is something that's supposed to hit every single part of the sink. Okay. I said that a hundred times. Now, for this, we use a Pesach Dikapat or one kashers a, a, a Chametz Dikapat. Either way, again, the way we describe the kashering the Chametz Dikapat, either way is, is fine. But the minig is to use a Pesach Dikapat. Another important thing is that before one uh, pours the hot water on the sink, before one pours hot water in, on, on whatever the, the metal is, one should make sure that it's dry. It's supposed to be dry. That way, you're getting a direct shot from the hot water onto the surface of the sink. Now, obviously, as you're pouring, there's going to be water that's pulled up. You don't have to keep drying around while you're doing it. But between pours, if then it pays to, um, it pays to to to, to quickly um, dry it off and make sure that when you are initially hitting the sink, it is hitting a dry sink. After all is said and done. Um, the the um, then then everything should be rinsed off with cold water. Everything that you kashered, every place that you poured the hot water on, should be uh, rinsed off with cold water. Um, it doesn't. It, the, this process can take you uh, for you know as long as you want. If a person um, a very very um, you know, like I guess a smart way to do it is to plan to do something else in between pours. Um, often it just takes a long time for the water to, to boil in between pours. You can just, you know, like, in, in, you know, make a mental note of it. Like, okay, right now I just did the right side of the sink. Then I'm going to do straight ahead. Then I'm going to do backward. Then I'm going to do the left side of the sink. And by doing that, a person is able to um, basically knock down every single part of the sink. And, um, and, uh, and, and that is, um, that, that's the way to, um, to get it done. Okay, um, now, that is the body of the sink itself. As far as the, um, the, the, the faucet is concerned, and it's not really relevant whether you do the faucet first or second, it's not relevant, um, you know, that, that's, that's not important, uh, it, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. Um, so then the faucet, usually in the middle of doing this whole thing, you 
um, you pour hot water all over the faucet. If your faucet is metal, make sure that it's metal. And you pour the faucet over, you pour the faucet, you pour the water over the faucet. And it is best to have the faucet running with hot water while you're doing that. So while it is, while there's hot water coming out of the faucet, you also have hot water pouring over it. That is also, if somebody has an instant hot, somebody has an instant hot thing on the side of their sink, they can um, also do it that way. You can kosher it alongside the sink. You can um, just, again, run the hot water, and then as you're doing that, pour hot water over it. I'm thinking about that, and then I'm thinking that that may really hurt your hand if you're running the hot water at the time. So uh, just think about that yourself, If uh, however your hot water thing works. But um, yeah, just don't hurt yourself. Um, if somebody has a filter on the side of the sink also, same idea, is that by pouring hot water over it, one is koshering that surface. The interior of it, like the interior of our sinks, the interior of our faucets, is not really an issue. We, we don't really super concern ourselves um, with that. Um, the aerator is something that one should um, uh, best, um, the, the aerator is something that, that one should, if they can, replace. It is a good idea to replace that. It is very hard to pour water upward onto the aerator. The aerator itself, anyway, is something that has trapped a lot of stuff. A lot of times, people are washing out spaghetti pots, and they, they, they come into contact with the aerator. They, uh, the, the hot water this may splash onto the aerator. It is a good idea. Those things are usually pretty simple to replace. One could replace it. Uh, if we're some source and you can't, so then, again, clean it with a very, very uh, caustic cleaner. Um, a filtered water um, uh, is, is th there's no problem running the hot water in the sink before you've kashered it because as long as the hot water is not running with chametz you are um, okay um, the um, uh, if your faucet has a hose so you can you can make the choice to just not use the hose over um, over Pesach that's probably the best the best thing to do you can clean it if you want and then depending on the material it may or may not be kosherable material and it may or may not be able to withstand boiling hot water from the outside so a lot of people what they do is they just won't yank it out during Pesach and in doing so they just won't expose it to anything and it's not going to be um, a problem there's no need to turn up the temperature in the hot water heater before koshering the faucet that is that's unnecessary um, Okay, also, a person, if, if you don't want to do this, uh, you know, this kashering of the faucet, um, then one can just cover it. That's something that everybody has the option of doing. The, the, the covering it would also be okay. It's not that we are concerned about the water coming out of your sink, that it is going to be chametzik. We're concerned that things come into contact with the faucet and therefore um, create issues that way. So if somebody covers it with foil or something like that, you are okay. Same thing with the knobs. Sometimes your knobs are metal. Often they could be plastic or something like that. Not really a kosherable material. Sometimes it could be hard to clean around. So what one can do is just put some plastic wrap, put some, uh, you know, anything like that over the, the over the faucets, uh, over the knobs, and then one is then then you're good. You don't have to worry about um, anything besides that. Uh, the strainer in the bottom of the, you know, where, where, the, where the garbage gets caught before it goes down, you know, to prevent it from going down the drain, that is something that is recommended to change. It's recommended that you change that. Those are things that are very, very, anything with holes, just in general, like from in, in the world of uh, koshering, very, very hard to properly kosher. Those things are quite easily replaceable, and it's good to just buy yourself a uh, treat yourself to a set of Pesach ones and um, and you'll be uh, all the happier okay um, what does one do with an enamel sink if somebody has an enamel sink or a sink that's made of other uh, kinds of materials so you go with the old school rack and basin um, you first first of all one has to line the inside of the sink with um, with contact foil, contact paper or foil, and then you put a rack down at the, on the bottom. Um, you know, just a rack to make sure. I mean, most 
people, I, I don't know, most people, but some people have those in the bottom of their sink, and then you put a basin, and in doing so, you are basically protecting your dishes. The sink is, is a sensitive area, because if you think about it, you have a lot of hot stuff going in there, and water pools up in there, and uh, so therefore, if the surfaces of the interior of your sink aren't really koshered, so the anything that is absorbed in the walls of your sink, the potential of it coming out and infecting your um, your Pesach stuff is 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 problematic, and therefore one should be, uh, and and that's why there there's like this heightened level of like we line the sink and we have the rack and we have the basin, um, lining the sink is. Uh, is is not I mean you know it's not the easiest thing in the world to do but those who are practiced at it can get it done and and then that is um, you could do that okay now um, this is going to be a halacha that applies to the interior of your sink um, and it is um, in in also for counters so what what should a person so first of all counters what should you do with your counters. If you are, if your counters are made of pure marble and granite, um, so then, um, so 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 then, um, you know, then then it's no problem to um, to uh, to kosher them by um, either pouring hot water over them, or we'll talk about a different method in a second, um, and having to do with with uh, I'll just say right now is that um, and you can ask there are certain people. Who know how to do this? I've I, I don't personally um, uh, ha have this uh, on my um, my counters, but um, but if you can put water on the counter, have it kind of pool up there, and then take an iron, and you got to be a little careful about this not to electrocute yourself, but take an iron and you stick it in the water. Though that that thin layer of water will boil, so if you can get that to boil on that surface, so then you have koshered that area of the counter. I think that, I mean, personally, it's something that I find not so difficult to do. It's one time, it's, you know, the first time it's a lot of work, and then after that, whatever, um, is that if a person covers their counter with heat or water, with a heat slash waterproof covering, so then, you know, that's, that's all you got to do. You just, you know, clean the counter just because it just seems sacrilegious not to. And... And and then and then you you put this covering on top of it, and then you could just forget about all of the koshering of that large surface. Because again, remember that if you're going to go and pour water all over your countertops, we would like the water, the direct shot of water, to hit every single square what, millimeter of the countertop. So that could be a lot of real estate that you're trying to cover with the shot of water. So it's a hard thing to do. It's very very wet. Uh, if if you're going to do it that way, sometimes covering it is just a simpler um, way to go about it. Some people like, you know, some people don't like doing that, but um, whatever. But that's that's specifically if one has marble or pure marble or granite. There are, I will say that the CRC, I believe, um, does hold that other materials are other counter materials are kosherable. That is not something that is a universally held position. Um, so just, uh, just throwing it out there. So, um, you know, look in their publications, uh, for that. Um, so this is an important thing to keep in mind. Even after we do all of these, um, uh, actions in which, um, we do eroy, uh, and, and, uh, and, and we are koshering our sinks and we're koshering our counters, one should be careful that if in the event that food, real smoking hot food, piping hot solid food, falls on the counter, that is problematic. Even though we've done koshering, it is still a problematic thing. The koshering that we do, the level of koshering, having to do with pouring hot water onto a surface, is not the highest level of koshering, and therefore, if something really hot, so let's say you, you take a, a, um, a roast or, or a thing of chicken out of the oven and everything is hundreds of degrees and something and a piece of chicken, um, you know, falls out of the pan and lands on the counter. So normally if it falls on your fleshy counter like that, you pick it up, you don't tell anybody and you put it back in. But on Pesach, 
um, to, that, that could be problematic because the level of koshering that took place on the surface of the counter is not as strong as is necessary to prevent all kinds of, uh, of bleas, all kinds of absorptions from the counter. So to put your pots down directly, that's not a problem. So just the rule, like you could put pots down directly, if you kosher your counters, go ahead, put your pots down directly, put your pans down directly, that's all fine. If something cool or cold is on the counter, no problem, go ahead. Um, uh, it, it, all, all those things are fine. Lick your counters, it's all good. But the, the issue would be if something really, really hot and solid fell out of the pan onto the, onto the counter. Um, okay, so that that is the, those are the counters. As far as um, uh, the the um, the dishwasher uh, is concerned, um, dishwashers are not really uh, kosherable things. Um, mixers are also not things that one can can really um, make kosher uh, le pesach. Somebody asked me an interesting question the other day. Somebody said that they have something that has a very powerful motor. Um, like a mixer blender type of thing has a very very powerful motor and they wanted to know could they get a different um, uh, you know uh, receptacle for the food and just utilize the motor on the mixer and they they you know and, and their idea was to to use this thing to clean it super duper well and to use it not anywhere near their Pesach things so that sounded like if someone, if, if one is convinced that they could really get it clean and that there's going to be no contamination from things that may possibly be trapped in parts of the mixer um, uh, uh, mechanism into the food itself, then that would seem to be a reasonable uh, thing to do. I would not keep any kind of mixer or anything like that, which is all around flour and all that all that kind of stuff. I would not keep that around uh, a Pesach tika, you know, the main part of a Pesach tika kitchen. But if somebody has a specific blender that they like to use and it has a very good motor and you just want to buy, you know, a new receptacle that will have no, there's no interaction between the food and whatever um, thing, you know, the, the, the whole um, uh, motor mechanism. So then assuming that one is very careful about the, the sequestering uh, it away from all of your Pesach things and that you're sure that there's going to be no contamination from the machine into the food, that would seem like a reasonable thing that one can do. Okay, um, tables. How does one deal with a table? So um, one has to basically cover it with something that is... Um, uh, somebody has vinyl covering for counters. Um, no, no, the, all you need is, is just a covering. It's just vinyl covering. That's it. There's no other... You don't have to do foil. You don't have to do other things like that. There seems to be um, uh, a, a minog that maybe started from people investing in aluminum or something. I guess not steel. To, to use foil in every, you know, at every turn on Pesach, it is, it is not, it's not necessary. It's not even a mitzvah. Um, now, uh, a, a table is something that one um, can, can really, all you need to do is cover it with something that is going to be solid um, and waterproof. You would like it to be, especially if you're going to bring hot things to the table, you'd like it to be somewhat um, a heat-proof as well. So you want to have something that just in case things spill or anything like that, there really is going to be zero contact between the table, like the, 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 the actual table material, and what goes on above it. So if, if, you, if you get, like, you know, if you go to the dollar store and you buy those, um, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the table, tablecloths, the plastic tablecloths that they have, and you, you know, you taper them on well, uh, and you don't do any, like, serious cutting on top of the table, so that could be, um, a, you know, a fine barrier that one creates between the table and what goes on above it. So if you have table pads... Uh, people say to flip them over and put a plastic sheet over that, or some people like to use foil. Again, that's the minig somehow, um, or some sort of plastic sheets. As long as you basically are keeping um, uh, liquids off, you are okay. Um, Tablecloths and towels. So again, people, um, 
So newspaper and a tablecloth will be fine. Yeah, newspaper and tablecloth is fine. Um, you know, if you want to read the newspaper, it could just really be tip. Um, the newspaper, one second, newspaper and pl plastic tablecloth would be okay. Just a newspaper and a tablecloth, that could be problematic because the newspapers are generally not waterproof. So you want, you whatever this is that you're using, you really would like it to be um, a waterproof type of thing. You want to make sure that there's not going to be any kind of um, especially warm liquid that is uh, associated with the table and then associated with what's going on above it. Okay, tablecloths and towels. So again, a lot of people have different ones for Pesach. It's an investment that you make and, um, you know, it, it saves, I don't know, saves time, maybe. Um, or, but one is able to use, to do laundry with detergent, um, hot, do, do a hot load, and one can utilize even chametz to get towels and tablecloths if you're sure that everything that was caked onto them got off. If, if you're, you know, if you're not sure that everything got off, then obviously don't use them. Uh, shelves and drawers in a kitchen, um, you should clean them well. The minhag, there is, there are those that have a minhag to line them, but again, that is something that is. Not necessary, but if yeah, that's your minug, that is your minug. Go for it. Okay, garbage cans. Uh, garbage cans, our garbage cans, and this is something that is going to factor into a lot of what we're going to talk about, um, even when we deal with the whole Erev, Shab Erev Pesach Shabbos equation. Um, uh, uh, the, the, um, the, the, the garbage cans that we have, for the most part, I'm, I'm speaking for most of us, are be they belong to the city. They, they do not belong to us. And same thing goes for the recycling bins that we have. Being that that's true, the things that are in them are really not ours. Or better said, one is certainly able to make anything that you put in there ownerless. It's, it, is, it could be considered ownerless. Um... There is a machlokas, Rabbi First holds that even if your garbage cans are next to, you know, are pulled up, you know, next to your house um, and not by the street, they are still, anything that's in them could be rendered ownerless. Others, I know that Lakewood is some Lakewood post say that you should move those garbage cans to the edge of your property, like, you know, put them on the street. So then it's not on your property and it isn't your property, so then anything that's in them can be rendered ownerless. So the idea of cleaning them is something that's like, whatever, um, it's it's not really uh, a necessary type of thing. Um, if one is feels compelled to do so, you can use bleach. Uh, in, in like the, our indoor garbage cans, there's no need to have a Pesach a garbage can or anything like that. Again, just clean it. If you clean it the way you clean everything else, um, that should be fine. Shouldn't be a problem. Um, the walls above the counters, um, all kinds of black backsplash areas like that, um, they do not need to be uh, covered. One can just, again, use some sort of caustic cleaner, clean it well, and forget it. Um, if food is going to touch it, and don't ask me how you know that that's going to happen, but if you think that food touches that area or the area under the cabinets, saying if you want to cover it, you know, that, that's fine also. But it's, it's, it's not a problem to cover it. And, of course, use foil. Um, so um, light switches, door handles, uh, telephones. These are things that we need to clean well. Again, as we mentioned last time, anything that we handle and our hands are all over are things that we should be careful about what... You know what's what's on them, so all those kinds of things. Anything that our hands are touching are things that we want to be careful about. We're going to talk on the phone, and then we're going to, uh, you know, put the phone down, and then start making food and, and touching all that stuff that, that 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 we're working on in the kitchen. That's that's you know you don't want to to have your phone or whatever's on your phone be something that's going to infect your food with chametz. That obviously would be a bad deal. Um, so. You know, you don't want anything like that. So um, that that is something to just be very, very careful about. Clean those things very, very well. Um, a Keurig machine is something that uh, the Star case says can be kashered if you are that uh, if you're that hooked. 
Apparently, there are there are um, Kurik things that are kosher Pesach, the OU. If you go on the OU's website, they have a bunch of brands that they'll tell you are kosher Pesach. Um, uh, if, if, uh, so basically, the idea is if the Kurig was only used for coffee and it wasn't used for other types of things, so then you clean it very, very well. You have to replace the plastic cup holder, which is something that is apparently replaceable and, I guess, probably not too expensive. You wait 24 hours and you just run a hot cycle without any coffee in there, and voila, it is kosher. Um, a high chair, baby's high chair, you cl- we clean and, um, and and one should uh, cover it, um, cover cover the the uh, the, the tray, um, chairs the chairs uh, that we sit on. So again, a lot of people um, go to great lengths cleaning chairs. It is um, it is a chumrah um, to say the least. It is again from the things that if you would follow the logic of things, most people do not reach under a chair. Uh, find something on their hands and then say, "Let me figure out what this is and taste it." Uh, that 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 would, uh, if you find yourself doing that, that's you know that could be problematic uh, in general. But that's not something that we do. We don't the the, the things that are on chairs don't end up um, in our food. So um, th- those those are things that that are not super necessary. Obviously, if you have uh, you know chunks of things or or um, or you know, uh, you know, whatever. If you have if you have real chametz, if you have Cheerios that are kicked onto a chair, you want to get rid of it. You don't want those things floating around your house. But to do like you know a whole super duper heavy duty uh, toothpicks and the whole that that you know all that stuff on chairs is is really um, in the realm of chumrah. And if you don't have time, you could save yourself the time. Um, braces and a bite plate are things that one should clean very well. Um, there are those poskim, Rav Forsheimer from Lakewood and Rav Shmuel Kamenetsky hold, that one should wait 24 hours um, uh, be- between, um, after, b- whatever. You-, you shouldn't have it in contact with hot food for 24 hours uh, before this man of, of Isser. Um, I generally point out that most of us don't, he- don't eat things that are that real hot. So I guess if somebody is getting um, pizza that is, you know, fresh out of the oven, um, and, uh, and very good, of course, uh, if, if somebody's getting that, so, you know, if you have braces, so wait until it cools off a drop before biting it, make sure that it's not really, really hot, and then it's not going to, uh, affect one's braces. And if you have a bite plate, I think, for the most part, you're supposed to take it out before you eat, so follow the rules. Um, a candlestick tray, people have a leichter tray, so... That is something that you clean. Make sure not to wash it over your Pesach Tika sink. Some people would kosher it. It's generally not necessary. What are the chances that something really hot and chametz stick touched it? That and then something really hot and Pesach stick is going to touch it as well. That's not really a likely scenario. But there are people who will keep their uh, their their yomtiv and Shabbos uh, neros away from the table because they are afraid of the fact that that maybe there is chametz on or in. Their, 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 their candle stuff. Um, a ring. The rings that, well, not we, but that a lot of you uh, wear. Um, they, they definitely require cleaning them very well. And again, this is just part of the. If you think about it, it's obvious. But a lot of times you just don't think about it. But uh, wh- people are constantly wearing their rings and dealing with all kinds of chametz to get things. And then you're gonna go and switch gears and then start making Pesach thicker things. Wait a second, what about the rings? Like you were just, you know, handling hot pizza or, you know, or something else with those rings on. So definitely cleaning well is necessary and a lot of people will do Eroy or Hagala, which means that you will put them put them down somewhere and pour hot water over them. Um, be careful. If you do this in the sink, make sure that you've got that strainer in the sink. You do not want to mess that up. Um... Uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah, that would be a bad thing to do. Um, washing cup, good idea to get a different one for Pesach. Those are all around and all over the Chametzdika stuff all year round. So invest in a new washing cup for Pesach. Um, make sure, of course, to seal up all of your Chametz. Any place where you have Chametz is not just something you should just keep in cabinets, but it should be sealed away. Uh, there, there are, I've heard a lot of stories of, of people who... 
Um, you know, they just didn't uh, really seal away where the chametz is, and then you know you have you have uh, you know Nahar, you have a lot of family around, and uh, you know uh, somebody asks a kid, "Can you go get me a fork?" And they'll go to the natural drawer that they always get forks from, which would be chametz stick, and then you know not realizing because it wasn't sealed or because it wasn't taped or because it wasn't um, you know tied up. So then they, they pull out the chametz sticker thing and nobody realizes it until it's too late. So chametz and, and where the chametz is, uh, that all is supposed to be sealed up and labeled. Um, if somebody has a water cooler, um, you can um, you can clean it very well, clean the spigots and stuff very very well, and um, and uh, and and don't use the they say not to use the hot water part of it. Um, Okay, a hot water filter that somebody may have connected to a faucet. If you connected it since last Pesach, so then you should remove it before um, kashering the sink. And if it is from before last Pesach, so then it's been on there since last Pesach, so then just kasher with it, um, kasher with it on. Um, okay, I just see one. What about the steam from a crockpot hitting the underside of cabinets? So, again, if you just clean it very well, that could be okay. Or if you're really nervous about that, you can... Just uh, so put a piece of foil um, underneath that cabinet. Um, the rubber piece that's built into the drain of a sink with the garbage disposal. Those are things that um, there are there are shitas that believe that rubber is a kasherable material. That's number one. So the and and it, by the time something hits that, it's generally not rebounding back up. So if if one um, has put all you know has cleaned it very well with the Costa cleaner and then done eroy over it. You don't have to. Um, you don't have to be nervous uh, about that. Um, what time we got? Nine oh seven. Okay. So um, I just. So l let me just. Hmm. What do I do right now? Uh, so so I'm gonna tell you one thing about. Well, I'm gonna set up right now. The 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 note. So unless somebody, if if you can get to me, if anybody has a problem with this, but I th I think we'll do like the Erev, the Erev Pesach, the Shabbos Erev Pesach thing. Maybe we'll do it on Sunday. We'll do it Sunday night. I'll try to schedule it. If there's some sort of conflict I'm not aware of, please let me know. But um, the, 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 the mindset, I'm just letting everybody know. The mindset that you should have is that Erev Pesach is Friday. Is that Thursday night is going to be Bidikas Chametz. And Erev Pesach, treat Friday like an Erev Pesach. It will make your life easier. There will be things that we're going to have to deal with as far as how you're going to make hamotzi on Friday night and on Shabbos day, and you're going to still have some chametz that you own. But if you want to know, if you want to have your checklist of when you want to be done with whatever, you want to be just ready to roll and treating Thursday night like a regular th the night of Bedikas chametz, and it is the night of Bedikas chametz. You want to treat Friday like a day in which you we we burn the chametz. We are going to burn the chametz that day. And even though there is still going to be an allowance for how to use your chametz on, how to use chametz, eat chametz on Friday and even on Shabbos morning, just for your own um, uh, sanity's sake, there, your mindset should be that like Thursday night, that's when we do the wrap-up job, and then Friday is going to be treated like an Erev Pesach. But just, you get one big bonus, which is, after Friday ends, until the Seder begins, you've got 24 hours to try to get yourself a nap. Um, so, so, and we will talk about that. We'll talk about all the different halachas of, of what to do. Just a couple of details. Um, almond, Kirkland almond flour. That it has a K-O-R-C. Um, that is normally not a... Hechsher that we will say is across the board um, acceptable for, for, for everything. But for almond flour, it is acceptable. And, as a bonus, it's Karshala Pesach, even though I, don't, I do not believe that it indicates it, that, that it is. Um, just and also a note about Kitneos. There are, there are going to be lists. We're going to publish a list that you'll see in the Star K, and you'll see the OU, and you'll see all the different lists about different things. And it's going to, some of it is going to have milk substitutes, substitutes that are kidneyos, and it's going to have medications that are kidneyos. The understanding that one has to have is that kidneyos are something that we have a minhug not to eat. True, it's just a minhug, just has the power of it, it but it has the power of halacha. It is allowed to be ingested if someone is not feeling well.
So if somebody, I'll give it the example, the classic example is either almond milk that has, that, that most of those, soy milk, almond milk, those things are generally your kidneyos. Like just because you don't want to drink regular milk, it doesn't mean that you can have that stuff. You could just go without milk for, for, for you know, for, throughout Pesach. For a, a kid under six years old, we consider them to be people who are, they can have kidneyos, um, you know, that, that form of kidneyos, no problem. When it comes to um, when it comes to tums, tums is something. And again, there are different. Um, uh, you have to you have to look through the the lists carefully. Some of the tums have chametz. Some of the tums are just kidneyos. But you have to be careful that number one, if you take tums as a calcium supplement, that does not count. You cannot ingest kidneyos for that reason. Um, th- that's number one. Number two, um, the, 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 even when a person has slight indigestion, that is not something that one is able to, to just say that like, oh, I have, I have a little bit of indigestion, therefore I can have kidneyos. A person has to really be like, you know, feeling lousy in order to, so it really has to be like, you know, problematic, troubling you, like you can't, you, 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 you really can't uh, function super well because of it. That would be... Um, the, 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 the reason to ingest kidneyos. Once a person is in that realm, so, in, for instance, most of the chewable medications that, like, kids would have, or if you have, uh, um, so, um, the, the, um, uh, uh, most, most of those kinds of uh, chewables, they have kidneyos. But, you know something? If you're giving your kid, uh, you know, chewable Motrin, so I hope it's not because he needs candy. So it's 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 because he's not feeling well. So that that would be fine. Um, so um, so you know, and if somebody has uh, um, you know, and, and if if you have indigestion, if you have those kinds of problems, so first of all, there are products that that are fine. Um, you gotta you just just check the lists, and um, and again, if it's if it's worse than mild, then you you may be within the realm of 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 who can have the kidneyos. Um, almond milk can be kidneyos. It can. Um, Liebers and I think Geffen um, also this year makes uh, uh, they have a Karshala Pesach um, almond milk um, uh, chewable melatonin um, that is um, that uh, for for a kid so there are two uh, two possibilities if if the, there's the possibility that it has chametz the possibility of chametz. That is something that is um, that that is something that is 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 a is a problem, and therefore you have to kind of check with the manufacturer or call the different cautious organizations for ideas of how to get chewable melatonin. If it would have kidneyos and a kid really has trouble, there are two reasons that kids take melatonin. One is that the kid can't sleep. That is for especially for children. That is a health issue, and therefore um, kidneyos would not be a problem. If the reason the kid takes melatonin is because the parent can't sleep, then that would be a little bit of a different story. So you kind of have to know how necessary it is. Um, regular medications, uh, any kind of pill swallowable type of thing is fine. Um, ADHD medication for kids, it's it's fine. Don't don't stop that for Pesach, uh, regardless of of the formula. Whatever whatever kid is taking, that is uh, generally an important thing for them to uh, continue. To take that was a that was a psak I got I believe from Rav Heinemann um, that 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 one should be careful about that but generally adult medications um, that are that are not that are that are swallowable any kind of swallowable thing is fine and if somebody takes a chewable or a liquid medication then um, you should be in touch and we'll try to figure out whether it is good whether it is not good and is there are there other options or should you just keep on taking it because depending on the, the issue. It's all um, very different depending on, on what a person's uh, situation is and why they're, why they're taking it. Um, okay, so I think that uh, if you have questions, you can shoot them in, but then all the Erev Pesach, Shabbos stuff, we will, Ezra Sashem, cover. Um, and again, unless somebody wants to let me know if there's some sort of conflict, I guess we could just schedule it for, um, and we'll put out announcements for Sunday night at 8.15. I hope I don't have any conflicts, but assuming I don't, um, we'll do that. Okay, so if you want to shoot in questions or ask questions, 
Um, now's the time. It's fine. Thank you, Rabbi. Mr. Bowman? Yes. Are you going to make the cash ring thingy available this year? Um, that thingy is not as, um, there, there I don't know who, I'm not sure who has it. I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure who has it. I'm not a super proponent of its use. It is, um, Rav Heinemann had, had issues with, with using it and, and is of the belief that pouring the hot water is a, is a much better way to, to go. So we've, we've shifted to that. We've shifted to that uh, to that way of doing things. Okay, thank you. Sure. Okay. So me, hang on one second. I'm just trying to keep up with the questions here. Just my my chat box is, is zooming out of my no pun intended. Uh, hang on one second. Uh, for faucet hose, how does it need to be sealed to prevent kids from pulling it out? It doesn't need to be sealed. Um, if you're afraid, so clean it very well. If you're afraid our kids are going to pull it out, like you know, again, it's like you just don't want it to get in touch with hot stuff. So if you think that people are going to do it, so then just um, clean it. Um, you know, I wouldn't. I don't think you have to seal it. We changed clock Sunday night. How can we have a shear? Can we have a shear later on Sunday? I doubt I'll be done with bedtimes. That is a good point, and I doubt I'll be done with mincha. So um, yeah, we'll 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 figure out the timing of it. Uh, will the shul have a hot, large hot water pot for koshering kalim? We we haven't in the past, but if 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 that would be an idea that people would be interested in, I wonder. I don't want to. I don't want to offer anybody's. Um, uh, yeah, we could be in touch because maybe maybe it would be something that could be done. Um, yeah, time change. Somebody pointed that out. Difference with share time. Good point. Thank you everybody for pointing that out. I'm not. I I'll have to figure out exactly what time it should be. It's a good point. Um, vitamins and other po and and vitamins and other post COVID minerals. Um, if somebody is taking vitamins, I'm not sure what post-COVID minerals are. Um, I wish we were post-COVID. Uh, yeah, but vitamins generally need to have a, a, a hashgacha, um, a Pesach hashgacha. If you call the general Jewish places, they'll tell you what's got what. They should, they should be able to tell you. Um, uh, hand sanitizer is fine this year. Don't worry about the hand sanitizer. Yeah, so somebody was going to ask something. I'm sorry that I cut somebody off. Um, um, yeah. In terms of these things that you see in some of the stores, I just got back from New York, this handle with a rock in it, these tongues with a rock in it that you can heat and to kosher the sink like that, um, that is like the same principle as that, Thingamajig, you we put no, um, into the no. So so not exactly. I'll tell you, it's 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 that's better. I'll tell you why. Because really, what you're doing there is you are pouring the hot water um, against the surface. The the way you're supposed to use those things is that you heat up the brick. Let's say it has like, oh man, I have one somewhere. I just don't think it's with me over here in my room. Mm -mm -mm. Yep. It's okay. a large brick. Yeah, it's a large brick inside of like a with at the end of a long handle. So what you do is you take like your kettle and you pour it over the brick. What that will do is it will take the water and shoot it all over the place while it's boiling, and it does accomplish a bit of a high. It's called an Evan Malubon. It is the way the Mishnah Brewer recommends that we that we kosher our sinks. It it can be effective in that. It is so. First of all, it will be effective in allowing you to, if something would fall into your sink, you'd be able to eat it afterwards because it would give you that higher level of koshering. It takes it up a notch. That's number one, and number two, just from a practical perspective, it actually causes the water to spread. And um, you know, if you do it properly, if you do it efficiently, you can cover more real estate on your pores by using that brick. Okay, thank you. Sure. Um, okay. Anybody else? 
Yes. This was recorded. Um, and uh, anybody's interested in the um, in those anybody's interested in those sync cashering videos. So I guess they are um, they're on the Shul website. Um, okay, so I guess in the absence of any other questions, um, we will, um, okay, we'll call it a night, and we will reconvene. Thank you. Okay, sure. Okay, have a good night.